every problem, every product, every process should be first identified as most basis, simplest form. And then you can build on it. And you bring people along that journey with you. You want to take something complicated and make it very simple. Hello, my friend, and welcome to this Business Monday episode of A Call to Leadership. I'm Dr. Nate Sala, your host. Every Monday, we add value to your business journey by sharing relevant insights to help you thrive in business. And we have a multi-part series we've been working on. I'm so proud of our co-host, Joe Thompson, who is an expert in Six Sigma, bringing the heat as we talk about eliminating waste and helping our businesses to run efficiently and productively. We're going to catch up where we left off in the last week's episode, where we started talking about our teams and our meetings. People dread meetings. They can be so inefficient and ineffective. But Joe and I have a solution for you. Tune in, listen in, take some notes because this one will help you to eliminate the waste. I'm Dr. Nate Sala. This is a call to leadership. Sometimes they are. Sometimes they are. (laughs) And they will create more waiting because now there's, I'm waiting to finish this meeting that's useless or I don't have the meeting at all as a leader because I think I'd be wasting time having this meeting. And then we have a disconnect because now we don't have cohesiveness. And another thing we don't have is communication, which also is essential to reducing waste effective communication Mm -hmm. within an organization, right? Because that creates, again, more cloudedness, more ambiguity, more confusion, and less clarity. So if you're concerned about, well, either A, I'm an absentee leader Mm -hmm. who doesn't have meetings, B, my meetings are unclear, so people are already checked out, or C, I don't even know where to begin, I believe in meetings, what can you speak to that for a moment? Because I think that piece is so critical to reducing, eliminating the waste that we're talking about. I can't say it enough. Prioritize, prioritize, prioritize. So don't go into a meeting with, I kind of know what I'm going to talk about. You have to know exactly what is it that we're trying to solve? What is it that we're trying to make? What is it that we're trying to do? One of those three, right? You're either solving a problem, you're trying to create something new, or wanting to communicate something on a level where it's personal, you know, because sometimes just if I have a CEO who's communicating directly to his managing staff in a meeting, even if it's just communication, prioritize what it is you want to talk about, communicate it clearly, go around the room ask, are there any questions? People shouldn't be afraid to ask questions if they don't understand something. In that meeting setting, we always feel like, mm, I don't want to be the guy that raises my hand because then I look like I'm the only <laughs> one that doesn't know what I'm talking about. Set the expectation just like you would if you were a salesman and you were setting an expectation to sell something. If you're just using a meeting as communication, set the expectation that, hey, I'm going to go over some things. I want to make sure it's clear to everybody. Not everybody here hears and understands things the same way. So I expect questions when I'm done. If you're solving a problem, I love the whiteboard, put it up there. Give people the opportunity 
to help you solve the problem, but don't pull in the guy that has nothing to do with it. Right. Like he doesn't need to be at that meeting. She doesn't need to be at that meeting. Pull in the person who is working. Okay. I'm going to have a little pet peeve here. We keep hearing the word frontline workers and it's unsettling to me that we use that word in that way because, you know, they're usually the, the front line is on the battlefield. The front line are the people that are in most danger. Right. Like they're mo- in most danger of being killed. We shouldn't be going to war when we go to work, right? So I like to call essential workers. Those are essential for your business to run, okay? Everybody makes fun in high school of, hey, you're going to be frying French fries. You know, I'm going to be a lawyer. Someone needs to fry French fries, right? Or your business where you sell French fries doesn't run, okay? So they're as essential as anyone else. Pay scales are different. Yeah, you know, benefits are different. But those are essential workers. Those aren't frontline workers that you're willing to sacrifice. So have those essential workers present when you're talking about the thing that they do, because no one's going to give you a better answer for it than the guy running the machine, running the fryer, pushing the paper, whatever it is. Those are where your best answers come from. And they'll eliminate your problem for you quicker than all the heads of your company who have never dipped the fry in grease before in their lives. They're not going to give you the answers. I love it. So true. It reminds me, I just had this conversation just a couple of days ago about Congress and the tax code, right? So I had the client, of course, it's tax season and we're doing tax returns saying, why is this a tax law? This doesn't work for me. The taxpayer said, because Congress doesn't ask the front line or the essentials, right? Those who right. are sitting with the client, does this tax strategy, this tax law have the effect that you desire? And sometimes the answer is no, but they really, they're not in touch with that individual taxpayer in such a way that helps them to form tax laws, not all tax laws, but some tax laws that just don't have the effect they desire. I mean, to your point, it's 100% true, right? Getting connected with that individual, asking the right kind of questions, and a couple steps back, the part of if someone is not necessary for a meeting and they show up for a meeting, ask them to leave. Say, you're not needed for this meeting. It would be a waste of your time because Others will be waiting on your progress on work that you need to be doing that you're required for. So you're not needed for this. In fact, back to Steve Jobs, it was a meeting that there was someone in a meeting that he didn't recognize and it was regarding some advertising. And he looked around the room and he asked who that person was and she identified herself and he just took a brief pause and he said, you won't be needed. You can leave now. And it was a little abrupt. For her, and he kept going with his meeting, and she picked up her stuff and she left. And by the way it was written, it would appear rude. But based on the context that we're talking about today, you wouldn't see it that way. No, I'd see it as smart. <laughs> That's a smart move because you're you're wasting her time. You're wasting the job she's doing that's not being done. Right. Because uh, the flip side is what people would think, well, I don't want to be impolite. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, 
There may be an effective way to say it where you don't hurt someone's feeling. I personally, if you talk to me who work with me, I haven't mastered that yet. <laughs> I'm more of a, could you leave please kind of a guy, then maybe I'll apologize to you yeah. later. But the priority of who should be there, the priority of what is it that we're going to talk about and setting expectations. Like this is what I expect for us to accomplish by the end of this meeting. I'm not meeting so that we can plan to meet later about this again. And then we come in the following week and what do we do? Oh, we haven't solved it. So let's plan to meet again about it. Complete waste of time. Stay there until it's solved. Yeah. Like I tell people, Hey, look, it's better to spend all day brainstorming in a meeting to get a problem solved than it is to just keep coming back to this topic over and over and over mm -hmm. again. It, tires everyone out and you never get a plan together. So, you know, just something to think about if you're given meetings and you're leaving with more questions than when you came in with, you're not running an effective meeting. Yeah. And the clarity piece and priority piece is really important too. I think about the master of efficiency, Jeff Bezos, Amazon is highly efficient organization, right? His model is faster and cheaper. Right. And you can't get faster and cheaper unless you run lean, lean. Right. But in meetings, I read an article once about how he ran meetings, at least for this period, where there was a brief that went out prior to the meeting for all people that were going to be in the meeting so that they understood the exact nature of the meeting. Yes. In advance. That's beautiful. So that when they got there, it was right to the point. Have your ideas ready. Here's a pre look at what we're going to be talking about. Get some ideas together. Let's get some things up on the board and let's get it solved. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you get buy in, you get ownership, you get productivity, and you get it done. So, that's an aspect of how we reduce or eliminate the waste of waiting. Mm -hmm. I want to talk a little bit about something that's probably personal to people is computers. Mm -hmm. We spend time in front of computers quite a bit. I remember a buddy of mine years ago. And he came up to me, it had to be about 10 years later, 15 maybe. And he said, Nate, I just want to thank you. I said, For what? He said, alt tab. <laughs> 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 he said, you have no idea how much time that saved me <laughs> over the last 15 years. <laughs> like, but there's realities around that, right? Yeah. How we interact with computers, how, you know, the waiting, if you will, what we do to, to speed up our time. Is that something that you see that you've identified? I mean, are computers a part of this problem with waiting and the time issues you've seen? Yes, because you can hide behind your computer almost, <laughs> you know, no one exactly knows what you're working on until, you know, they're basically hovering over you. And if you're hovering over and micromanaging your people, they're the wrong people. Okay. So let's talk about a players, a players get on there. They get the work done and you don't have to hover when you find yourself hovering to make sure what the person is doing is what sh should be done. You don't have an a player. So you have the wrong person in that position. So that's, you've identified that, right? beautiful waste. You just eliminate yourself. A lot of problems, get someone in there who does, but I think we can use any technology can be a great benefit to 
saving time, saving money, whatever. It can also be a hindrance in places where, you know, people can say, oh, my computer's slow. You know, it's not working right. Or I had a glitch in something, so I couldn't get that done. I spent all day on the phone with IT. There's lots of problems that can happen with technology, but that's also a waste being having too much technology or not enough of it mm-hmm. is costing you money. Yeah. So just throwing technology at a problem, I see that more often than anything. Before someone identifies the problem, before they really learn how to define what the problem is and then find solutions for it, they throw technology at it. Okay. So this is taking too long. You know, Sally's waiting for it in accounting. What's going on? Why is it taking so long? Let's throw technology at it. This is a better program that should get it to her sooner. Doesn't always work that way because sometimes it's the person or the process that is just wrong. And all of these things that eliminate waste are processes that need to be either fixed, created, or added to or taken away from. Simplifying the process is going to cut down on more waiting than anything. The simpler your process is, the less waiting there's going to be, period. Period. So don't necessarily go out and spend $30,000 and throw technology at it. It would be better spent to have an integrator come in Take a look at how that's working and moving and saying, hey, you do need new software, you do need new hardware, or like this is a personnel problem, this is a divisional problem, this is a disconnect from what the process should be, or there's no process in place. Your money would be better spent there because what happens is technology just keeps building up on top of itself, and then suddenly you know, you got to go through 20 different programs to get an answer. And that's a waste and that's waiting again. So don't just throw technology at something, figure out what the problem is and if technology is going to fix it. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, that's great. Start there. We launched a completely CRM system for our accounting firm, which we allowed clients to upload their data securely and solve the problem of the waiting. Once you, you know, you have to physically deliver your paperwork, then you have to wait for Sometimes you wait on site for things to get scanned in and then give your paper back and all these other waiting aspects. And we found that about 60% of our clients really like that. The other 40 are still on the other system. And it allowed us to have a central repository and eliminate a lot of the waiting of getting documents. Sometimes documents, people would drop off documents and then they'd have to go back and get different documents. They're already there. They can simply just scan and upload those. However, there was a learning curve and there still is a learning curve with some of those aspects of it. And I think that's also a part of integrating you know, technology for the purpose of eliminating waste and waiting is that you've got to also create margin for error as you adopt a new program. Mm-hmm. Because there's going to be that factor. So having the conversations around, look, this is brand new. And I've had to have several conversations. This is a brand new system. We're learning it. Do you recommend, as Jim Collins says, you know, fire bullets before cannonballs? Like take your time. Don't implement a full system until you've at least had some level of mastery, right? You have to pilot everything. Mm -hmm. Never do a full company rollout until 
you know for sure. Because a lot of pilots fail. Right. I mean, a lot of them fail and get a mixed group of people that's going to be using it to pilot it out and see how it's working for them on a daily basis. Yeah. Does it cover all their needs? Does it fix everything? before you roll it out company-wide. Agreed. Because even after you do that, so we rolled ours out last summer when it's nice and slow, right? And the same thing, over just select clients, figure it out. But even then, there's still blind spots after you fully rolled it out, but there's less. Mm-hmm. Because you've identified the majority, hopefully, of the bottlenecks. Yes. On technology, if you don't have like an IT person there, maybe you do, but you have someone usually handling technology. They should have a very good understanding of the program and how it works, even before the pilot, because someone should be there as a teacher. So let's just not do, you know, monkeys and typewriters here. Let's have someone who knows what they're doing, then select the group that's diversified among the company, and then roll out that pilot, because someone has to be the go-to person. Like even the people in your pilot program are going to be like, man, how do I get it to do this? And instead of wasting their time doing, trying to figure it out just by punching keys, I always say, Hey, talk to a representative of the software company. Mm -hmm. When you get into it, ask them questions. That's what they're there for. Even if you're just buying a product online, like a canned product, if they don't have a representative that can talk to you before, you buy it so you can ask them questions of that. That's probably a good indicator of what your customer service is going to be like on that software in the future. Absolutely. Yeah. I've, we've had several examples just because we rolled out several new softwares, one for a strategic tax planning program and the software company I thought was exemplary. They had two different members of the company. One walked us through several iterations of how to utilize the software. Then there was a handoff. And and what was really neat, Joe, was that the slide deck or the PowerPoint was just, it was so crystal clear Mm -hmm. and it spoke to every possible issue we were going to have because they'd already vetted out you know, through 10,000, you know, subscribers, right, of this. And so the seamlessness of that integration was just so much more attractive and it helped us to eliminate, again, the waste of waiting. Because if we were clear on what the software can and cannot do and understood how to use it, then there's not waiting of, I'm going to type an email to you and then you'll tell me in two or three days just how to utilize this aspect of the software. And then perhaps I've already lost how much productivity, possibly even a client or a prospect. Now, when they rolled that out to you, did you find the PowerPoint they went over? Was it clear and was it pretty simple the way they explained it? Super simple. Four points, easy to utilize and easy to recall. Yeah, brilliant. So one of my favorite quotes is from Albert Einstein. And he says, if you can't explain something that's very complex in a simple manner, you don't understand it. That's good. So I always talk about simplification of no matter how complex the system is, no matter how complex a process is going to be that I'm setting up, I simplify the basics of it so that everyone has a clear understanding going into it. Mm-hmm. So there are people who want to show you how smart they are 
by getting up on a whiteboard and confusing everybody in the room <laughs> with their brilliance and, you know, their wordiness of the product. Horrible. Because that's the kind of customer service you're going to get going forward. You're never going to know what is going on. You know, you're going to get these wordy emails back to you where they're taking for granted that you understand the problem. That's a terrible way to teach anything. You know, we don't take kids in kindergarten and we start teaching them algebra. There's a reason we don't do that because we want to simplify the process of math. And it's simplified to where it gets more and more complex as you go. Every problem, every product, every process should be first identified at its most basis, simplest form. And then you can build on it and you bring people along that journey with you. You want to take something complicated and make it very simple because then there's no intimidation factor. Everybody buys into it because, hey, this is easy to do. Like, can I go into a room and completely confuse people about what integration is? Yeah. But why do I want to do that? I would be totally ineffective just to feed my own ego. You see what I mean? And ego, what does it do? It destroys companies. <laughs> and I try to put that in every podcast. <laughs> we do. Thank you. I, think, I, I, think I always yeah, try to yeah. get to that. <laughs> ego destroys companies. So if you're listening, you may not know that you have a bad ego or a big ego, but people around you, they do. So start to see how they interact with you and leave that puppy at the door, especially right. when you go into a meeting. And you hit on something. That's, <laughs> Sorry, I sneak no, it no. in every time. No, no, it's fantastic. And we have to keep that in check because it could well up in any one of us. Mm-hmm. And ego, especially when it comes to, again, like you said, seeing how big of a brain you are, is really a matter of having insecurity. Yeah. Let's just call it what it is, right? I'm not secure enough in myself, so I have to make myself feel better about myself by making myself feel smarter than you. Yes. Yeah. And again, it's ineffective because that's not the purpose of your organization. Your purpose of the organization is to solve a problem, to create an experience, and to fuel that bottom line because it is fuel so that it can continue to fund your future. Mm-hmm. So if you're in a room and you think you're the smartest person in the room, you have a big ego. that's it (laughs) yeah and here's the beauty of simplicity it creates an attractiveness to move forward because i don't have to know how everything works in detail i just need to know how to use it right it's not my role and my responsibility so when i'm doing that i'm actually weighing down i'm putting a burden on the people instead of releasing the burden right so Distill everything that can be distilled. In fact, I love automate, delegate, eliminate, right? You know, it's just keep it simple. (laughs) Keep it simple. And we'll reduce waste. We'll reduce waiting. You think, wow, we've talked so much about like what it means to, who would have thought one word waiting would have so much breadth to it? Mm -hmm. It does. Because it's not just looking at people who are in a construction site and saying, oh, they're just standing around waiting. Yes. They are, but it don't point fingers because it's happening. Let's point fingers at ourselves because 100%, tell me if this statement is wrong, 100% someone has waste that they don't know about in their organization. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Hands down. Don't think you got it all figured out. I mean, maybe not a Google. Maybe they have it all figured out. It might be hard to find waste in there. But, you know, I bet if you really went in and looked really hard, you would find something. Mm -hmm. 
you know, especially an organization that big, you're going to find something. Yeah. And those of us who are much smaller, whether you're just starting out, you're a medium sized business, you could be listening and you're a CEO of a fortune 500 company, whatever it looks like, you have the opportunity to reduce and eliminate that waste so that you can create a better experience for all your stakeholders. Yeah. And don't be down on yourself as a company owner or a CEO or director of a business of any kind. Don't be down on yourself that there's waste and then like try to ignore it. You know, the smart CEO is like, I don't know if we have waste or not, but let's try and figure it out. And I say, don't be down on yourself because waste usually happens slowly. You don't notice it. Like you don't really notice it building up over time because it just becomes the status quo of how you're doing something. So, you know, I usually ask people, why are you doing it like this? And the, the number one answer every time is, well, that's how we've always done it. Okay. Right. So there you go. That's how you've always done it. And now at this stage, doing it that way has caused waste. So it's not a shameful thing to have waste in your company. It's a shameful thing to ignore the possibility that you have waste. It's a shameful thing to have an ego too big to say, obviously, there's no waste in my company. Because I guarantee you there is. And I mean, it's a smart person that says, hey, look, I want to improve our bottom line immediately. I can start cutting this tomorrow and I'm making money. See what I mean? So, you know, I've eliminated enough waste before that we've had salaries made where we could bring in people and make twice as much money as the waste we eliminated. So you always have to look at it that way. You know, you're a smart CEO. If you bring someone in to look at where are you wasting your time? Where are you wasting your money? Because the two are interchangeable. Yeah. I mean, obviously we know that. Get an integrator, identify your processes, follow them through, find where there's waiting a bottleneck in the process and begin to make it more efficient. Yeah. Go to the great summit website Yeah, <laughs> and ask a question, you know, is there a possibility I have waste? And one of us will answer. Love it. Thanks for being here. I enjoyed it. We're going to do it again. We're going to do number four next. So stay tuned for the next week's episode. What are we going to cover? One of my favorites. We're going to cover non-utilized talent. Booyah. That's going to be fun. Yeah. Look forward to it. Well, my friend, I am so thrilled that you joined me on this episode of A Call to Leadership. And before you go to the next episode, especially if you're binge listening, take a moment. I would love to get your honest review right here on your screen. Your feedback is so important. It helps the podcast. It encourages me and it helps me. It helps me to give you more and more and more value. So I can't wait to read your review. I can't wait to be with you on the next episode. I'm Dr. Nate Sala. This is a call to leadership.